Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Shall we please lift our hands and honor Jesus? We give you praise, Lord. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, you have exalted your word above all your names. Thank you for the privilege. We honor you, Jesus. You are the chief cornerstone. Without you, we can do nothing. We honor you, Jesus. We honor you, Jesus. Thank you for this evening. Thank you, Lord. I'll bring you more than a song For a song in this day Is not what you have required You search much deeper within Through the way things appear you look into my heart. Let's take it again. I'll bring you more than a song. I'll bring you more than a song. For a song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper. You search much deeper within Through the way things happen You looking into my heart Let's take it for the last time I'll bring you more than a song, Lord I'll bring you more than a song For a song in itself it's not what you have required. Jesus, you stretch much deeper within. Through the way things appear, you look into my heart. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made. When it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. Here I am. Send me to the nations. 
As an ambassador for you. As an ambassador for you. My Father, here I am. Send me to the nation. As an ambassador for you. As an ambassador for you, my Father has called me, and I will give the nation as an inheritance for you, as an inheritance for you. My children have called me. I will give a nation as an inheritance for you. As an inheritance for you. My children. Father, we thank you. For the privilege to preach the gospel. For the honor to share your word. Tonight we declare you are the chief cornerstone. Without you we can do nothing. It's all about you Jesus. Everything revolves around you, Jesus. We are predestinated to be conformed to the image of Jesus. And Lord, tonight we open up our hearts. That we will receive this word as the word of God. That your word will have a free course tonight. That every eye will open and every ear will open and every heart will bear. For they said, did not our hearts burn within us when he spoke with us in the way? Let our hearts bear with a fire for the kingdom, with a fire for souls. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this house. Thank you for the pastor, his wife, his team. Thank you for the great anointing on their lives. Thank you for the great passion and vision, Lord. Oh, we ask in the name of Jesus that greater grace will rest upon this house. That you will advance your cause even in a greater way, Lord. That all the glory will be given to Jesus. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Wow, amen. You may please be seated. I'd like to appreciate God for the honor to share his word. Holding forth the word of life. And I want to thank God for the life of the senior pastor, his wife, and the team, and the, and the uh, privilege I have to be here through 
the the fellowship that we have. I deeply thank God for this opportunity. Amen. Wow. Tonight I came with Mrs. Eugenia Pebby and then um, me, Ashriki Gogo. So just give us a wave. Hallelujah. Thank you for coming. Amen. Wow. I want to share a few things. The last time I I was here, I shared something um, from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and I would like to take it from there. Amen. Pastor has already read from Luke chapter 10 about how great the harvest is. Amen. Wow. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord forevermore. Glory to Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Please, I want us to open our Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Um, We are going to read from verse 17. Verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he has made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Hallelujah. You know, I've realized in my few years of pastoring and ministry that Christians are very much aware of the many things we have become in Christ. If anybody be in Christ, he's a new creature. And we know that, that we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. We know that we are seated in heavenly places, in Christ Jesus, far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but in the world which is to come. We know that we are joint heirs. We know many things. We know that we are the righteousness of God in Christ. That is by the price that Christ paid, The penalty of sin is dealt with for us. And we are justified. 
that people of God, there is another important person you become in Christ. When you come to Christ, he says, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Hallelujah. Now then, that is, if you are in Christ, at that very moment, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. So, it's good to know that you are a joint heir with him. It's good to know that you are seated in heavenly places. It's good to know that you are the righteousness of God. It's good to know that you are more than a conqueror. But people of God, in the time that we live in, Bible said that the time is short. And even he that has a wife should live as though he doesn't have. And he says that, and he that uses this world as not abusing it for the fashion of this world passes away. So we are living in a time that calls upon every believer to live a certain kind of life. And more than ever, we need to realize this important person we are in Christ. That we are ambassadors for Christ. We are ambassadors for Christ. You know, and when we talk about, many of us also, you know, by experience, teaches me that many people, sometimes they know that they are ambassadors for Christ, but they know that, you know, for the purpose of, appropriating all the benefits of the ambassadorial privilege or whatever that they have. You know, like diplomatic immunity, you know, that we are living here and we are protected. We are citizens of heaven and we are protected here. We have diplomatic immunity. But the Bible is saying here, when he spoke about you and I being ambassadors, he said, now then we are ambassadors for Christ. And he said, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. So from this very verse where we are introduced as ambassadors, the main focus is reconciling people to God. So it's good to know that as an ambassador, you have diplomatic immunity. As an ambassador, extraordinary, you have the full authority to represent your nation. It's good to know all that. But you must understand as a believer that this verse is telling you and I that our main duty as ambassadors is reconciling people to God. And, you know, when Christ was here in person, the Bible said that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses upon them. Now, and then he says that, now then. Now, this is what it means. It means that at this time, you know, when we don't have Christ here in person, to accomplish this task 
of speaking to people about the kingdom. Hallelujah. It says, now that Christ is not here, we are his representatives. He said, as though God did beseech you by us. Now God is calling people to himself through us. And until we get it, we are going to believe that salvation is going to come by the power of God in another way. And then we are just going to fold our arms. But people of God, I don't know if I said this the last time I came here. But evangelism or soul winning is committed to us. Not even angels can do this work. Yeah? Not even angels. Not even angels. He says that, and has given to us. That is, those who are in Christ. He started by saying, if anybody be in Christ. So those of us in Christ, he says he has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. And he says that he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. So if we refuse to take up this task, I'm sorry to say it's going to remain undone. That's a very serious thing. Cornelius had a vision. He was a devout man. He gave arms until it became a memorial before God. Very few of us can really accomplish such a mighty work. He gave arms. And he provoked something from heaven. And an angel of the Lord appeared unto him. And said unto him, your arms, your giving has become a memorial before God. And I've been sent to you. You know, and I thought that, look, if this guy has really touched something in the heavens, the angel should have just told him, one, two, three, and you are born again. That's Acts chapter 10. But the Bible said, the angel asked him to send for Peter. Because, why? Because now then, we are the ambassadors. Now then, we are those that will be used by God to bring people to himself. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Now we are in Christ representing him in this reconciliation work. Hallelujah. And it is important. Now when Peter was recounted, when he went back to Jerusalem, they rebuked him that he went to uncircumcised people. Peter said, when I went to this man's house, you know, after my vision, he also told me about the encounter with the angel. And he said, the angel said to him, send for Peter, who shall tell thee words by which you and your household shall be saved. It sounds familiar. Second Corinthians chapter 5. The word of reconciliation has been committed to us. So he says, send for Peter who shall tell thee words by which you and your household shall be saved. So there must be an ambassador somewhere. Yesterday as I meditated on this whole scripture, the Lord said to me in my spirit, the Lord said, can anybody ever go to any nation, let's assume America, 
without one way on or another dealing with the U.S. Embassy in Ghana. You can't. Hallelujah. And he says, we are ambassadors. When people contact us, they should be influenced for heaven. Glory be to God. And without us, people cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. That's a very strong statement, but that's true. That's true. Because sometimes, I'm sorry to say, we over-rely on the finished work of Christ that makes us to just fold our arms. But we are co-laborers with Him. Glory be to God. The finished work of Christ empowers us with a victory mentality. That is to say, the work has been finished. And so, you know, as we take steps, we just appropriate the finished work. But that is not to say that we should fold our arms and that Christ has finished everything. No, 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 it's, it's not possible. And, and you see, when you look at the church today, sometimes I feel very strange. Not too long ago, I attended a meeting at Holiday Inn and I met a few pastors. I knew some of them and they were talking. This person talking about a lot of material things. A lot of material things. I don't even want to go into it. And I said to them, all that you guys are saying is useless. And then one guy said to me, you know, you, you have been talking about you, you've made yourself like Bishop Dan. Every day, so really, every day, do the work of God. I said, oh, I was very shocked. I was very shocked that they could say something like that. Even though I, I saw it as a compliment, actually. <laughs> Amen. And so when you look at the church today, very few understand that without them, people cannot be saved. Very few understand. So they are, they are just living for themselves. They go to work. They are in the work for salary, not for the kingdom. Hallelujah. I'm going to come to that. But, people of God, we need to understand that we are the missing link in God's kingdom expansion agenda. We are the missing link. He said the harvest is plentiful. There is no problem with the harvest. But the laborers are few. The laborers are few. Romans chapter 10 puts it very clearly. He says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So there's nobody that cannot be saved. The harvest is great. The harvest is great. The harvest is plentiful. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He said, if anyone comes to me, I will in no wise cast away. The doors of the kingdom are wide open. 
But he said, how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? Please follow the sequence. He says, how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And then he says, how shall they hear without a preacher? So, so we are the missing link. We. Without a preacher. Without a preacher. They are lost. And the word ambassador from where we also get, you know, presbyter, from the word presbyter, forgive me for the pronunciation. Maybe you are a better scholar than I have. Hallelujah. Where we get presbyter and a senior, you know, and all that in the church, it also means by implication, a preacher. A preacher. So, how shall they hear without an ambassador? That's what it means. How shall they hear without an ambassador? How shall they hear? Not too long ago, when I went to the university, my first year, I think I shared this story the last time. I want, I want us to get a certain import of what I'm saying. When I went to the university, the University of Ghana Business School, my first year, I think we had we over 400 students in the class. There was an impression on my heart. To preach in class. And so one day I gathered courage from the Holy Spirit. Because I was always suppressing that impression. And I stood in front of the class and I preached. And I saw people who I knew were Christians. Who I knew went to church also every Sunday. Very angry that I was preaching. Frowned their faces. As if to say, you know, you don't need to preach in class. We came here to learn. And that's the greatest mistakes of believers. There is a kingdom reason for everything God does. You are not in that workplace for money. Money is just a secondary reason. The day you get it, you start living as an ambassador. So, many people are in their offices for themselves. Not for God. Not for God. They are in their offices for the salary they will get at the end of the month. They are in their schools for the grace they will get at the end of the year. And that's, that's the only reason why they are there. And then I ask myself, if God knows that all the certificates and all the salaries and properties and skyscrapers and buildings and all kinds of businesses that we have will not transcend this life. Why will he make that the only reason why you live? Many of us have rejected the higher purposes of God and we are settled for secondary purposes. You see, you are an accountant because 
You are here on this earth. You have been given up the ghost. And so, for that period of time, there is a work you may do. You may be an accountant. You may be a doctor. But that's not really the higher purpose of God. That's, that's one thing we need to get. Because if it's really the higher purpose of God, then at the end of the day, that is what will matter. Who will really be given a crown in heaven for being a chief accountant? Who will really? You see, that's not the higher purpose of God. There's a kingdom reason for that. And that's what we need to get. You see, the moment Christians get it, they will not only excel in their career, but they will see themselves as representing Christ and representing the kingdom where they are. So that we will bring kingdom influence to our offices, to our schools, to our community. Because we are not just there to learn and get the best grades, but we are ambassadors for Christ. Hallelujah. So I preached in class. One day I was preaching and there were some two ladies in front. I knew them as Christians as I was preaching. Mistakenly, you know, I sprayed them a little. <laughs> oh, am I the only street? Is, uh, is there anybody who has never sprayed anybody before? <laughs> and I was shocked. The lady said, please, you are spitting on me. Can you stop preaching? And I looked at her and I said, no. And I kept on preaching. Then one day, usually I follow the time. Before the lecture comes, I jump in front and I preach. So that just when the lecture time is up, I sit down. This time, I, I don't know what happened, but not knowing the lecture, one lecture, I think, uh, what is the, the lecture? He was standing in the corridor waiting, and I didn't see him. He was behind the pillar somewhere. So I preached. I was always watching. And I, so I saw him, and I ended the preaching because his time was up, and I went to sit down. Then when he came, he said, who was that preaching? The whole class of Christ. Do you see what I heard? I was shocked. I heard, eh, eh. <laughs> But you see, why am I sharing this? The people there have forgotten that they are ambassadors. And rather, as I was preaching, believers should have been making it as such a law. Touch somebody's heart. Lord, that is preaching. Let somebody be saved. But they are rather seeing it as a border. Why? Because they think they are just there to learn. They have forgotten that they are representing Christ. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And, the, and then, that day I was at the back of the lecture hall. So, I said, say, I was the one. He said, if you want to preach, why don't you go to the Bible school? Or why didn't? That's what I said. Why didn't you go to the Bible school? And I said, sir, they need me here. That's why I came. The whole class was quiet. And then do you know what he said? I've never met that man since I completed school. He said, from today, before I lecture, preach. <laughs> wow. Hallelujah to Jesus. But I'm saying this to show that Christians have forgotten. They just wake up. They go to work. They get their salary at the end of the month. The harvest is plentiful. The laborers are few. And they don't know that they are ambassadors for Christ. The day we get this, the kingdom influence 
that we carry in us will shake our world. Because there are Christians in every sphere of life, almost every sphere of life. But they are not living with the consciousness of an ambassador. That's the problem. That's the problem. That's why he said, pray ye the Lord of the heavens that he will send forth. Now, where would the laborers come from? Would they be born and grow immediately within one year? No. It means that they are already in the kingdom. But as you pray, the consciousness will come upon them. That's what it means. The consciousness will come upon them. And they'll realize that, hey, I'm a laborer. I'm a laborer. That's why he said, pray. So, the laborers will not be thrown, they are, not, they are not going to come from another world. They are already in the church. Because we are ambassadors for Christ. And as we pray, the hearts of men will be stirred up. You see, that's what Esther almost forgot. Esther thought she was there just as a queen to enjoy. God is thinking bigger than what the position you have. God is thinking kingdom, 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 kingdom. God, you, God didn't just give you the position for the position's sake. God is thinking kingdom, 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 kingdom. There is a kingdom reason. Hallelujah. So Esther said, you know. You know, that's what Jesus said. You try to save your life, oh, you lose it. You lose it. You lose it. And I said, you know, but the car said, look, look, wake up, wake up. You are in the kingdom for such a time as this. I came to tell somebody tonight, you are in the kingdom for such a time as this. You are in that office for such a time as this. You are a doctor for such a time as this. You are an accountant for such a time as this. That through you, God will beseech people. God will call people into his kingdom. Hallelujah. You are in the kingdom for such a time. Can you imagine if all Christians in accounting, all Christians in economy, all Christians in medicine, all Christians in education will realize the ambassadors. We don't need a church there. They will be the salt of the place. They will inject kingdom influence. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. But so many of us are just there for the money. We are just there for the grace. We are just there for the position. The position will not matter when Jesus comes. That's the truth. You see? And sometimes when we say, when we preach messages like this, people think that maybe we are anti-position or anti-business or anti-promotion. No, it doesn't matter. Look, the Bible says that knowing that all these things shall be dissolved. He said, what manner of persons ought ye to be? So all these things shall be dissolved. They, will, they don't have eternal value. All the estates, all the wealth. That is why you must use them to accomplish eternal purposes. Otherwise, you have lived a life that will not have eternal value. Hallelujah. He says, and because the time is short, he said, those who use this well. You see, the Bible intentionally said that. Those who use this well. Because it is not an end in itself. We use it to accomplish eternal purposes. We use it to lay up treasure in heaven. Look 
Look at what Jesus said to the rich man. He said, go and sell all that you have. Give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. So what you do with this world's goods can determine your eternal treasure. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus Christ. So we are ambassadors. We are ambassadors for Christ. Today I received calls from all over the place. Some of them, I don't even know them. I received a call from Sweden, Norway. This person said, do you know me? I was in that prayer fellowship where you preach in the business school and you asked us to come to pray. He said, that's when my life was changed. Thank you. And I said, what is your name? I don't even remember. I don't even remember. And when I was doing all these, I want to say that I didn't know that I was called into full-time ministry. Oh, yes. So, I'm sure somebody say, you know, because you are a pastor, that's why, because you were called as a pastor. No, when I was doing this, I didn't know about that. I was just a believer. Yes, and that's how it's supposed to be. When I was in secondary school, you know, I was in the best secondary school in Ghana, Prempe College. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen and amen. <laughs> when I was in secondary school, I was preaching to people. And see, I didn't even know that I had a calling to full-time ministry. No, 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 no. That, that was too far. My dream, my dream was far from that, from full-time ministry. Amen and amen. And I was preaching to from class to class. And, and I was the best student also in, in, in the business, in the business, I mean, uh, department of Pepper College. Even when I left school, about two years later, uh, this uh, management, whatever, Texan, Texan, brought a, a, an award for the best management student of all time. I had left school, I left Bible College about two years. They called me to come for that award. So I wasn't a failure. No. You see, many people think that you know, the people who are just preaching is like, you don't have work to do. You, if you wake up and you are a doctor, will you do that? Will you just be preaching like that? That's what people think. You see, but that's not it. If anybody be in Christ, he's a new creation. And one of the things he becomes is he becomes an ambassador. So it's not about somebody who doesn't have work to do. No, it's our work as believers. Glory be to God. And I was writing letters to students, first year students. I remember one letter I wrote to one Edward. I wrote to him. I said, I have preached to you from my heart. Because he wasn't responding. I wrote him a letter. I said, I hope that you will not disappoint me. As I'm, I'm completing school now. I want to hear good report from you. Oh, and... These were the things I was doing, preaching from room to room, here, there. And I didn't know that I was called into full-time ministry. You see, I want to, I want us to kill that mentality. Many people feel that this thing is for apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Like those who are called into full-time ministry, you know, we will just bring the money. They should go and preach. That's not what the Bible teaches. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, somebody doesn't like my message. Hallelujah. <laughs> amen and amen. Wow. So we are the missing link. That's why I sang that song. Here I am. Send me to the nation. Because it says, how shall they hear without a preacher? 
So everything is there. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How will they call? When they believe. How will they believe? When they hear. But without a preacher, it cannot happen. It cannot happen. That's why we spend tens of thousands of Ghana cities going to villages to preach. And when you look at the car we drive, you will wonder whether we are even wise. Yes. See, and people don't understand. Some people look at me. One day, one man saw my car and he said, Ah, and you spend this money on to buy crusade equipment. This is the car you are driving. He was shocked. He was a businessman. Since that day, when he sees me, he salutes me like this. And you see, all these things shall be dissolved. We are using what we have to serve eternal purposes. And that should be our focus. You see, we are coming to the days, into the days, where a husband and a wife will sit down. And they will say, my wife, God has blessed us in business. We are making a covenant. We are going to build 100 churches. Because see, we are going to use what we have to achieve eternal purposes. That, that's what I wanted. And I want us to see that in First Timothy chapter 6. Am I sharing a good word? Hallelujah. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. Reverend Dennis, this scripture is so strong. He says, Charge them that are rich in this world. The Bible didn't say we should beg people who have possessions in, in this world. Positions, opportunities, open doors. Charge them that are rich in this world. It's not only talking about money. Asking if you are endowed with any worldly good, opportunity, open doors. Charge them. Charge them. That's why tonight we are charging God's people. He says, charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded. That they shouldn't let what they have in this world enter their minds. Please, I, 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 I pray you follow this very well. He says, charge them that they be not high-minded. You see, to be high-minded is to be overtaken. To be high-minded in this context means to be overtaken by the rich thing that you have in this world. To be overtaken by it. To think that that is it. You see, it enters your mind so much that that is what you live for. So, many people, when you look at their lives, they are just living for their work, living for their school. That's, they are just living for that. So he says, charge them that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches. You see, don't see it as an end in itself. Don't trust in it. You mean that, you know, when I have this thing, it's okay. No, it's not an end in itself. He said, but rather in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Let's look at verse 18, powerful. He said that they do good. That is, that they be rich in good works. Hallelujah. These are works of grace. 
things you do because you have grace in Christ, because you are in Christ. He said that they be rich in good works. They'll be rich in soul winning. They'll be rich in church planting. They'll be rich in sending missionaries. That they'll be rich in good works. They should be ready to distribute. Willing to communicate. Hallelujah. Verse 20 says what I want to say. No. Go back to 19. Okay, so it's still in 19. Thank you. It says, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. So he's saying that those who have something in this world, maybe you have a position, an opportunity, you have a certain great door, you have a certain opportunity to have wealth, you have wealth, you have, you have houses, you have, you, I mean, you have great things in this world. The Bible is saying that with what you do with these things, you can lay hold on something eternal. You can lay hold on it. You can lay hold. So you use this world. You use your opportunities. You use your open doors to accomplish eternal things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is it. Lay it up in store for themselves. Why? Because they are willing to distribute what God has given them. They are willing to release it for kingdom influence. They are willing to release their time. They are willing to use their position to serve Christ. They are willing to use their opportunities to bring kingdom influence. Ready to distribute. Ready to distribute. Not only money, but a certain readiness as a believer to bring kingdom influence where you are. A certain readiness. A certain readiness. This is awesome. One man of God said something and it struck me so much. He said, can you imagine if even fashion designers are thinking kingdom expansion. That the influence of Christ will spread. That when they sow, when they sow. Can you imagine maybe a fashion designer sowing for yesterday? That's what the man of God said. And then when they sow, they write something little here. Jesus is Lord. Yeah. Because it's not the money that they are bringing to you that you are focused on. Don't trust in it. But be ready to release something out of you. Something kingdom. That's what you are thinking. That's what you are thinking. That's what your focus is on. And you see, I, I must confess that if Jesus were to be a pastor in our days, many people maybe may not attend this church. Because Jesus said, I mean, this is, somebody said to me when I started ministry, preaching things like this. He said, if you preach things like this, your church will never grow. The things you are preaching, you will be poor. <laughs> amen and amen and amen. People of God, do you know what Jesus said? Jesus said, take no thought for your life. Take no thought for your life. It means don't live for that. He said that's how unbelievers live. They live only for the things of this life. They live only to meet their needs. Jesus said don't live like that. 
like that. He said, live for the kingdom. Live for kingdom purposes. You see, and many believers do not think, they, I mean, they don't believe that if they seek the kingdom, that it is one key that opens every other door. Many believers don't think that. They think that, you know, if I just chase after these things, if I just give my time to them, then I'm going to get it. But if in the midst of, of working, in the midst of school, in the midst of that, I am living for a kingdom reason, God says he will be responsible for these things being added unto me. Many of us don't believe that. It, it looks too simple. How can one key open every other door? It looks too simple. Jesus said, don't live for that. Don't live for that. Don't live for that. For what you will eat. For what you will drink. Where you will sleep. You know what he said? He said, consider the lilies of the field. Reverend Dennis, the, one of the things that has affected today is that many people cannot teach the parables of Jesus. Yes. But you see, yet in these parables lie the mysteries of kingdom life. I'm telling you. So, many, many, you, you hardly hear the parable. Yet, if you want to live for Jesus, one of the things you must understand is his parables. The kingdom of God is like. The kingdom of God is like. He said the kingdom of God is like a goodly pearl. I'll come back to Matthew 6. It's like a goodly pearl that is hidden in the field. It's like a, a goodly pearl which a man is searching for. It's like a treasure hidden in the field. He said, which when a man has found, He's willing to sell all that he has. You see, many people have not yet discovered the treasure in the kingdom. That's why they hold on their time. They don't want to release it. They hold on to their money. They don't want to release it. Jesus says, when the revelation hits you, you will sell all that you have so that you can possess the kingdom. You will sell it, I'm telling you. Just like he said, he said, if a man, if he finds it, many people have not found it. If he finds it, he'll be willing to sell all that he has. All that he has just to buy that field. Hallelujah. So he says that take no thought. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. He said they toil not, neither do they spin. Yet Solomon in all his splendor was not arrayed like one of these. And then he said, oh ye of little faith. It means you don't believe that if you focus on representing the kingdom, if you focus on becoming a kingdom influence, I will supply your needs. We don't believe it. We don't believe it. We don't believe it. So a pastor would rather choose to focus on money and turn his ministry into a school of finance rather than a kingdom school releasing people into ministry in every sphere of life. That's how a pastor should live. A church that will reap the harvest must be a kingdom-focused church. And I thank God for this ministry. Hallelujah. And I thank God for Reverend Dennis and his team. Hallelujah. This is a kingdom-focused church. Amen. I just came to add to all that he has been saying for all these years. Oh, this is awesome. How many of you think it's awesome? It's awesome. It's just awesome. It's just awesome. 
You see, that's why, that's why musicians cannot bring any change. Because they are living for money. If they are living for the kingdom, their songs will come from me. Eternal words, I'm telling you. you. You hear a song and you give your life to Jesus. You see that too many people, and in fact, the problem is coming from this place, the pulpit. That's where the problem is coming from. We, people just, all we are doing, the things Jesus said we shouldn't live for, that's what we are living for. The whole church is designed to meet only the material needs of people. Yet Jesus said, when we make people see that what they should seek is the kingdom, he said, your father knoweth that you have need of these things. Your father knoweth. Your father knoweth that you have need of these things. But we, we the pastors, are the first unbelievers of this. We don't believe it. Hey, you want to have a rich church, a big church, what are you talking about? We should preach messages like this. The rich people will leave us. When I look at the pastors of my generation, my heart breaks. I wonder what we are looking for. I wonder what we are looking for. I had a, I, I stood somewhere with somebody for two hours. For two hours, I met him in front of Sabah Hall when I was a student. And the Holy Ghost said to me, keep quiet and listen to him. For two hours, he spoke about money. Somebody called by God. All he was talking about is, I went here to preach and they gave me this. I was so sad in my heart. I wonder what we are looking for. All they are doing is showing you their pictures on Facebook. I went to preach in this church. I went to, you can go anywhere. You will not find my preaching here anywhere. That's not what matters. I'm not saying putting it there is wrong. But you see, I think that there is something wrong with the focus. So, all the people coming to church who are in politics, who are in medicine, who are in academia, who are in the, uh, different parts of the country, I mean, different sectors of the country, they all sit in our churches on Sunday like this. But the kingdom influence is virtually negligible. Why? What that, that's the question we should be asking. The reason is that, you see, if you don't carry the kingdom consciousness, you cannot influence any place. Jesus said, you will be good for nothing, and men will trample you underfoot. That's what Jesus said. So he said, have salt in yourself. Let the kingdom influence you and live for the kingdom. And then you will be an influence yourself. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Glory to God. I want us to pray. Tomorrow I'll continue. I want us to pray. I want us to pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, tomorrow I'm going to be sharing something awesome. I already sense it in my heart. I want us to pray. I want us to talk to God. I want us to talk to God. You can stand if you want to. You can kneel if you want to. You can sit if you want to. You want to talk to God. But before we do that, I want to give somebody an opportunity to give your life to Jesus. Just for a few seconds. I don't know how it's done here, but maybe when I call you, you'll see the child. Please, if you are here tonight and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you don't know Him as your Savior, you know that if you die today, 
do not spend eternity with Christ, with God. And you are saying, Pastor, pray for me. Pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. Just lift your right hand and I'll pray with you. Just lift your right hand and I'll pray with you. Hallelujah. Maybe for the next 10 minutes, I want us to pray to God. I want you to pray passionately from your heart. I want you to pray passionately. Let me say the vision I saw before I came here. Before I came here, so that you understand. Before I came here, I was praying in my office. And the Lord opened my eyes. And I saw a bed. Like a bed for sleeping. And I saw the bed, like some of these camp beds. And I saw somebody sleeping on the bed. And I saw all of a sudden, the person was energized. And he got up from the bed and he went to work. And the Lord said to me that there are some of us here that he's going to energize to be awakened for kingdom work. And you want to pray for that awakening in your life. You want to pray for that fire in your life. For the next 10 minutes, I want you to talk to God. Set my heart on fire to live for the kingdom. Let me have a kingdom purpose in my life, in my career, in my education. In the name of Jesus, talk to God right now. Rema daba shatara brado shida la madoha dala masante. Reme ko shatara madi brando shara madea. Ibarakanto Father, we pray. Yes, 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 Lord. That I will live for the kingdom. That I will have kingdom influence in me, Lord. That the kingdom, the sword will influence me on the inside. That I will have sword in myself. Yes, Lord, break our hardness of heart. God, and set our hearts on fire tonight. That Lord, I will be a channel of kingdom influence. That everywhere I go, Yes, 
there. That I will be a real ambassador, Lord. Beseeching people to be reconciled to you, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. We need this fire. A fire for kingdom lifestyle. A fire to live for the kingdom. To speak the kingdom, Lord. In every sphere of life. In every place we find ourselves. In every place of our work, Lord. That we will be real ambassadors, Lord. Oh, pray. You have five more minutes to pray. Talk to the Lord. Let this thing take over my heart. Let my heart, oh God, be engulfed with this fire. That I will live for your higher purposes. That I will live for your higher purposes. Lord, remove the obstacles. Lord, remove the barriers. Remove the obstacles in my way. Empower me tonight as a real ambassador. Set my heart on fire. In the name of Jesus. I want us to pray. Second Corinthians chapter 2. Verse 14 and 15. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. Now, now thanks be unto God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. 
Hallelujah. For we are unto God. For we are to God. The fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. Glory to God. Now, go back to 14. I want us to focus on one word there. He said, now, thanks be to God, who always leads us to triumph in Christ. And through us, diffuses the fragrance. Now, you see, for every triumph that you experience in Christ, you must see it as an opportunity to diffuse the knowledge of Christ. Every triumph, whether in your career, every triumph, Every open door, every favor, every breakthrough must be an opportunity through which you diffuse the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. You want to pray to God that you will be that person, that ambassador that will diffuse that fragrance in every place where you are. In the name of Jesus, let my triumph bring kingdom influence. Let my breakthroughs bring kingdom influence. Let my open doors bring kingdom influence. Here, Bakatala, pray to God that all your opportunities, all your successes will bring kingdom influence. They will bring the fragrance of His knowledge in every place. Lord, when I triumph, let me inject kingdom influence. When doors open for me, let me inject kingdom influence. Let me not be deceived by the door. Let me not trust in the triumph. Let me inject kingdom influence. When the door opens, when Esther became queen, you told her she was not just there for to, for to be queen, that rather to save a generation. Lord, when, it, when doors open for me, Lord, when I am favored, let me not be deceived by the favor. Let me not focus on the open door, but let me know that through this, you want to inject kingdom influence Influence through my life. Rakatalabashaya, Ramato Kalabahaya, Himandarabashaya, Emakatalabaha. Let my triumphs bring kingdom expansion. Hibarataya, Emakantoma, Ebaradasoma, Hibaratosata, Remeketerebeshaya, Hibaradosatalabahaya, Hikatalabashate. I will open up my heart, ready for your holy fire. Help me I will let you into my mind. Just open up your heart. Into my soul. Let in my life, save you as my desire. Open up your heart for His holy fire. Open up my heart, ready for Your holy fire. I will let You into my mind and into my soul. I'm pledging my life, Lord. Pledging my life, telling You is my desire. Responding to your call, I will open up. I will open up. 
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. 